Welcome to this week's edition of the St. Paul Podcast. I'm Peter Marty, Senior Pastor of St. Paul Lutheran Church, located in the heart of Davenport, Iowa. Right here each week, you can hear a message to inspire your walk with God and hear beautiful music to fill your life. Let this podcast be your occasion to contemplate some of the deepest things in life, just as I hope it helps faith come alive for you. Katie Warren, thanks for tuning into this worship podcast today. In just a minute, we're going to listen to the parable of the prodigal son. I'd venture to guess you're probably familiar with it already. This may well be one of the most well-known stories in the entire Bible. And I think it strikes a chord with so many people because it's just such a beautiful description of God's grace. Sometimes we can so easily see ourselves in the role of the younger son, the one who has acted selfishly, who's made poor decisions, or who has hurt other people. 
And now we see ourselves as in need of forgiveness. And other times when we hear this story, we might put ourselves in the place of that older son, the one who has done everything by the book, who has been steadily faithful, and yet we slip into some sort of resentment that God would still offer grace to others. But really, more than anything, I think this is a story that tells us a lot about God. God's willingness to love us, no matter the risk that's involved. God's grace that's offered to all of us without regard to how worthy we might actually be of that. So as I read this familiar story once again, it's a little lengthy, so settle in. But see if there's maybe some new detail that sticks out to you that maybe you haven't noticed before. That might help you understand some nuance of the story once again. What new perspective can this story offer you this time around? So with that, here is the parable of the prodigal son from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15. Then Jesus told this parable. There was a father who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So the father divided his property between the two sons. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country and squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout the country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of the country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating and no one gave him anything. But then the son began to think, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough to spare? But here I am, dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and get the fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now the older son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on, and he replied, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he he has got him back safe and sound. Then the son became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him, but the son answered, Listen, For all these years, I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command. You have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with loose living, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice. Because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life, he was lost and has been found. 
Now let's take a listen to a reflection on this familiar parable and how we might rethink the description of these prodigal characters. I know I have mentioned in this space before uh, our dog Penny. Uh, She is an 80-pound yellow lab who thinks she's a 10-pound lap dog, has no concept of where her body is most of the time. Uh, We love her immensely. She is part of our family. But if I'm being honest with you, uh, she drives us crazy most of the time. Most days, including this morning, she tries to wake us up about 5 o'clock in the morning because she knows when we get up, then she gets to eat. And no matter how we've tried to train her, uh, she keeps waking us up. (laughs) And if she doesn't wake us up, then she goes to try to wake the baby up, uh, which you can imagine how happy that makes us. Uh, Just... This week on Monday, I came home from work, and she was apparently mad that we had left her home alone all day. And so she had pulled an entire loaf of French bread off of the kitchen counter and eaten the entire loaf. The only way we knew was because the wrapper and crumbs were all over the kitchen floor. We have spent more money on numerous visits to the vet than I think we have spent on our own health care in the last several years. She is nine years going on about nine months, the way she acts. She's forever a puppy. Honestly, I could go on and on and tell you all sorts of stories of this crazy dog who has tested our patience, but I think you get the idea. She is a great dog much of the time. (laughs) Not all of the time, though. But a couple months ago, almost overnight, she got really sick, and all of a sudden she wouldn't eat, which given the fact that she would eat an entire loaf of French bread, this was concerning to us. And it wasn't like her, so um, when we did feed her, she would get even more sick, and she wasn't that usually highly energetic self of hers that we both love and hate, and she wasn't getting better. So we loaded her up in the car, I think for the third time that week, to take her to the vet and see if we could figure out what was happening. And We were pretty sure, just based on how things weren't changing, that this might be the end. We had tears welling up in our eyes as she's getting into the car and just kind of gut-wrenching sadness, thinking we're saying goodbye to this uh, dog of ours. As it turned out, a few hours later, they determined that she had a small infection. They gave her some different medication, and by evening that night, she was already, um, already doing much better. Of course, we were relieved very happy that this pain-in-the-neck dog of ours was finally doing okay again. There was almost even a little joy when she woke us up at 5 a.m. the next morning as though she had returned to her usual self. And as I read that story of the prodigal son that we just heard, as I was rereading it earlier this week, there's no mention of a dog anywhere in the story, but what struck me was trying to imagine the kind of gut-wrenching heartache the father must have felt as he thought he was losing his son forever. I know the deep sadness I felt that day when I thought we were saying goodbye to our dog, of all things, much less the heartache any of us feel when a human we love dies and we have to say our own forms of goodbye. And not even death itself, but the the pain of just having to say goodbye when someone moves away that we love or 
the hurt when trust in a relationship is broken, and we wonder if that, that relationship will ever really be quite the same. What occurs to me in the midst of this story is how vulnerable we are when we love someone else, be it a child or a parent or a spouse or a friend or even your family pet. I once heard someone describe having a child as having your heart go walking around outside your body, which has felt incredibly accurate for me over the last year. Uh, now that Micah is starting to take his first steps, I just want to wrap him up and bubble wrap wherever he goes as he falls down all the time and keep him from getting hurt. I think I cried more tears than he did the first time he got shots at the doctor's office, just the agonizing feeling of being helpless when someone you love is in pain or hurting. But the same idea can apply to all sorts of different people and relationships that when you love another person, you not only open yourself up to all sorts of joy and goodness and happiness of that relationship, but also you open yourself up to hurt and sadness, heartache. It makes me wonder if this story of the prodigal son, in part, is a story of God's willingness to love us despite the vulnerability or the risk that it involves. You think about it, so many of our names or descriptions of God emphasize God's strength and power, right? God is our rock and our redeemer, mighty God who is unmovable. But how often do we actually reflect on or talk about the softness of God's heart? That God would breathe life into each of us, created in God's image, that that is a gift to us, for sure, but more than that, it tells us that from the beginning of time, God was determined even to take on this risk of loving us without consideration to how worthy we are, to how regularly we might drive God crazy with our own ill-conceived plans or self-centered actions. In a single breath, God not only gave us life and love, but God, God was opened up to the possibility of a broken heart. That we were given this freedom to trust God and to love one another as we should, and also the freedom to reject it all, to take everything into our own hands, to disregard all that God has first given to us. Think about my own crazy dog and how much she gets on my nerves and yet how sad I am whenever she's in pain. And then I think about this God of ours whose love for us and patience with us is infinitely bigger than our own human capacity. How heartbroken God must be when we are struggling, when we're hurt, when we're feeling alone. How God weeps when we weep, as scripture says no matter how much our actions may even offend or reject God's own presence with us. I'm going to take a moment this morning and admit my own ignorance here for just a second. This, this story of the prodigal son is such a familiar one, maybe one of the best known or often quoted of the parables Jesus tells. And, and part of the goodness of that is that there's so much detail 
so many pieces to it that you can almost notice something new every time you hear it. So this week, as I read the story again, I decided to look up the definition of the word prodigal. And I will admit to you this morning <laughs> that I have been using this word entirely incorrectly for my whole life. That for whatever reason, I had always just assumed that based on the context of the story, prodigal meant something along the lines of to return, to repent of the wrongs you have done, to come back home. Just assume that the prodigal son was the one who went away, lost all his money, and then returned, hoping for or seeking some kind of forgiveness. That's what the younger son does, right? He insults his dad, breaks his heart, leaves with his inheritance, spends it all, and then eventually comes back home, hoping his dad would have some small crumb of grace and mercy to offer him. So the prodigal son has now returned. But, as it turns out, that is not the definition of prodigal at all. You all are very smart people. This may not be life-changing information to you. Uh, but to me, I learned this week, you learn something new every day, that the word actually means to spend one's resources recklessly or freely. To be wastefully extravagant was one definition. And I get where that makes sense in relation to this son who leaves home and is wasteful with all this money that he's been given, blows his entire inheritance on loose living, as the scripture says. But if we're going to call anyone prodigal then in this story, shouldn't it be the parent? If this story is about wasteful extravagance, shouldn't it be the story of the prodigal father? After all, it's the father who gives both of his sons all the freedom they ask for, whatever they want. It's the father who crazily goes running down this road to greet his son who broke his heart and throws his arms around him with incredible love and compassion. I don't know what could be more wastefully extravagant than killing the fatted calf, immediately throwing this huge party at the last minute, and he realizes his son is not dead but has come back home. And even to the older son, isn't it even just a little bit recklessly extravagant that the father would turn to this older son of his, the one who acted self-righteously and downright angry when his younger brother returns, and the dad says to him, all that is mine, everything, it's all yours. If this story is really supposed to tell us something about God, maybe it's that we have this gift that God would be so wastefully extravagant with us to offer us this love that's immeasurable and grace that is not deserved but given to us anyway. I don't know about you, but it's not really the prodigal nature of the son that I really want to remember or focus on. It's this prodigal God of ours, willing to say to all of us, all that is mine is yours. Again and again and again, God knows that risk of loving us, but takes it anyway. This wasteful extravagance of God's grace given to each and every one of us. 
Amen. Turn now to God in prayer, speaking those words Jesus taught us in the words of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. May you know today and every day that you are loved deeply by God. God has taken the risk to surround us with abundant compassion and grace. 
So live as renewed, loved children of God. Amen. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, and thanks for your support of the ministries of St. Paul Lutheran Church. Our commitment to projects that lend hope to other people stretches across the country and around the world. We hope that in a good way you feel a part of that reach. Tune in next Thursday for another edition of the St. Paul Podcast.